You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul uses his own family tree to help explain the tree of Adam in Genesis chapter 5, following verse 2, in which God created them male and female, and he blessed them and named them man, whether directly as Seth or indirectly as the followers of Seth. The main actor, Father Paul explains, is Adam through his tenth son, Noah. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. In verse 2, we have something interesting, which is the bringing in of male and female, he created them. And he called, in chapter 1, you have he created Ha'adam as male and female. But here we have something a little bit different and very important. The naming by God of the two. And he named them in Hebrew and he called their name Adam. And the Meaning here is obviously that the two are Adamic of the same kind, although we have two sexes, a male and a female, in view of the procreation, which again and again, I repeat, is precisely the act of blessing of humankind and the animals, and the vegetation by God. On the day of his having created them, or more specifically in Hebrew, in the day of their having been created. And once he established what he really wanted to say, that I'm going back to this Adam, but beginning, if you like, his own tree. When I say independently from the animal kingdom and the vegetation, what I mean is that he is concentrating more specifically on that, that the two other realms are still on his mind, will be very clear in the following chapter, chapter 6 and then 7 and 8, when we have the story of the flood, where the three are brought together again. But the main actor is precisely Adam through his tenth son, which is Noah. So everyone from now on is Ben-Adam whether directly as Seth is, or indirectly as the followers of Seth. In verse 3, 
we hear of not only the importance, but the centrality of the birth of the first child, more specifically son, because in those societies, it's the male that controls the tree. And here very often women argue with me and so on about, but I'm still an individual. I said, look, you have to hear, what are we talking about? If we are talking about the family tree of the Tarazi, notice family tree, we're not talking about Father Paul or Nadim Tarazi. I'm in generation number seven, and my children are in generation number eight. And on top of the tree, there is someone called David, interestingly, you know, and uh, the author decided to begin with at some point with a person. Now, the problem is not the immediate children. The problem is the grandchildren. I have two sons and one daughter. My daughter is a Tarasi. Technically, some women said, why don't we put the daughters in the tree? Personally, I said, now electronic, we can do it so long as you don't include her children on the tree because her children are not Tarazis. They are Shanwan in this case. <laughs> and thus, my grandchildren through my daughter are not part of the Tarazi family tree. As simple as that. Okay. I can hear already the reaction of my platonic hearer, but however, the person and so on, that's not what we're talking about. It's like when you're discussing a subject, anatomy and physiology, physics and chemistry, you have a take on the matter you're talking about. I remember way back in the schools, they used to tell us the field of research of a certain topic. You have to say it at the beginning. Physics. What is physics? You have to explain to the people what is the field of interest of that research. It is different than chemistry. So just to explain why we have the name of the first son. But again, you know, to show the people that we're not talking about individuals, notice how the other sons are lumped with the daughters, meaning from the perspective of the family tree, they have no value or input. I mean, it doesn't matter if Adam would have had other sons and daughters. What matters is the first son, which is said. And please let us understand this and get away from this super individualization. And notice how the text is going. It says, when Adam had lived 130 years, and that is going to be repeated at every generation, he became the father. And remember, this is the causal fifth form, hifil. Hmm? It's not Yalad, it is Holid. He gave birth through the mother. And this is where the woman 
will be shown as having the upper hand, we have to wait until chapter six. So not only men, but women have to be a little bit patient to understand how the text is proceeding. He is technically emasculating everyone besides God. That's what at the end, the city, Zion, will have children through God the begetter. So everyone at any time is put in one's right place. This is how scripture functions. And notice how it lumps male and female, a big deal. We need a male and we need a female. This is how progeny goes. So we need a male and a female. But to give importance to one over the other, that was precisely the work of men. Men, which means male men. But this will have to wait until chapter six, and we'll see how the author will belittle those macho men. But for the time being, we are dealing with the reality as it stands. So the whole life of Adam and of each of the following, you're going to hear the boring repetition, and that cannot mean except a pointer to its importance, even necessity. Why would the author repeat something that today you would say, and following him, his children did the same, or the same happened with his children? That's not what the author is saying. The author is forcing you to understand that the birth of the first son divides the life of the father in two parts. There is before giving birth and after giving birth. Uh, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that soon in the case of Noah, we shall hear that his life is not divided by the birth of his first son. Actually, we shall see that all three are lumped, but it is divided into before the flood and after the flood. So you see how the author is preparing you, he's setting you up by repeating boringly this before and after the birth, you relax into that. And that prepares you that when you hear suddenly with Noah, three sons at the same time. So where is the division? The division is before and after the flood, but that is another topic, we'll have to wait for it. But you've always noticed that I like to go back and forth to precisely stress the importance of literature as it stands. Perhaps one day Father Mark will be so impressed with my statement that he will change the title of his podcast into the Bible as literature as it stands. That will be the greatest day of my life. Anyway, so it's not just literature and you go and study literature. Obviously, you have to understand what literature is, but each literature is its own literature. Each book is its own book. 
And remember, at the beginning, we heard, this is the book of the generations of Adam. And it could be that this is a secondary intention of the author. You're reading a book standing on its own. So the days of Adam, after he became the father, so we have the repetition of this hif'il form of yalad. We hear it the first time in three, and then we hear it again in four, after his having given birth to Seth, were 800 years, and then notice how you have this addition. And he had other sons and daughters. Again, it is functional in the sense that the important person among these many children is Seth, the firstborn son. Okay? He had other sons and daughters. And that is important, again, for the genealogy of Adam, where out of the blue, we don't hear about daughters. And that, as I shall show, is intentional. You know, you don't need daughters. It's their wives. But they need their wives. That's why in the ark, you had Noah and his wife, which was not important anymore, by the way, at that point. But out of respect for the wife of Noah. But the three wives of the three sons are of the essence because it is after the flood that the three sons of Noah had children. So if the three wives would not have been in the ark, we would not have been sitting here doing the podcast. Very important. And thus, all the days that Adam lived were 930 years. And notice at the end, and he died. If Adam died, scripturally, it's because he was not allowed anymore to eat out of the tree of life. And since this tree of life at the end of three was protected by Kerubim, then everybody is bound to die. Okay, again, this is scriptural. We're not talking about biology here. We are hearing the take of scripture on the death. And this will appear again when later we have that the years of man on earth will shrink an expression of the punishment. It is linked with the fact that God was upset with humankind. Okay, my apologies for going back and forth jumping, but I hope my hearers by now will put up with that and really reap the positive of this approach. Before ending, I would like to underscore something I had mentioned earlier, but which is very important, namely God's naming, giving the name Adam, which is 
a sealing of the importance of the giving of the name to someone which earlier appeared as the action of Eve. But the action of Eve as mother naming Seth will reappear in Adam, the father, naming Seth. But before that, we have God's naming the human being. It is a senior that names a junior. So in the previous text, we have that the woman, not even Eve, the woman named her son, and thus the importance of the woman that's going to reappear in chapter 6. And in chapter 5, we have Adam, if you like, imitating God when he names Seth. God names the man, man or Adam, if you like, as male and female, and then Adam names his son, and that will be repeated down to Noah. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.